0: to the freewheeling podcast my name is abby mickey and we are here to talk about the upcoming world championship road race and the world championship time trial that happened over the weekend i am joined by the full cast of characters here today lauren rowney on the ground i get to say good day from
1: australia it's been a while yeah
0: before we started recording we were talking about the weather down there which apparently you brought the belgian weather with you
1: I'll blame the Belgians that came in late. They brought the weather. I've been here for two weeks and there was sun. I think Gracie can confirm that. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> and Gracie, of course, also on the ground, but not working. Not working this weekend.
2: No, I was, I was, I was actually on the ground and I got to see Lauren and it was the best ever. Um oh. And on the opening weekend, beautiful weather and just really exciting. But I kept getting asked repeatedly, why aren't you working? <laughs> 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 no, I'm not working at what. I was there as a fan and that was great.
0: Oh, but that must be nice to be able to experience in a fan capacity. Mm-hmm. And we've got Till the Price. I'm sorry, I literally. Introduce you while you were yawning.
3: (laughs) Good morning. Yes, we do record early my time in the UK here. If everyone would just give me just so much more praise for that, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amy Jones? Well, if you're me and
4: you've got the star power to say when you're in the UK, I'm not recording at that time. Just move the whole thing forward because I do not exist before the hour of 7.30 a.m.
0: But here I am. Tilda has to, she'll be on like if she's on the podcast for another like couple months, we can give her that kind of star power.
4: Okay. Yeah. She's going to do a time first.
0: Yeah. Got to earn that right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Before we dive into all of the good stuff today, this episode is brought to you by Zwift. One of the best things about Zwift is the massive social community. There are group rides going on anytime, day or night. So you can jump in and jump into a ride. And if you're late to the start, it doesn't matter because Zwift will give you a little bit of a boost so you can get going and join the ride anytime. It's really awesome. You can meet people. You can challenge yourself. Uh, The global cycling community makes it easy to stay motivated by training side by side with others who are just as enthusiastic as you are. Thank you so much, Zwift, for sponsoring this episode. All right, should we, um, I I was like, I was thinking, should we start with the mixed relay because we're watching it right now? But I think by the time we're done talking about the time trial, the mixed relay will be over and we can talk about the mixed relay a little bit. So let's really quick, before we dive into the road race, talk about the time trial, because there were some really exciting Results, of course, Ellen Van Dyke won her third World Championship time trial jersey, but second in a row, and she was actually pretty pretty surprised about that. I think that she wasn't expecting to win after winning after losing the European Championship time trial to Marlon Rusa, who didn't even get second. She was third behind podcast friend of the podcast Grace Brown.
1: Woo! Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was very exciting. Yeah, it
0: was like such an incredible ride. Yeah, really, really awesome finish for Grace. I think she seemed she, like she was really, really excited about
1: getting second. Well, I mean, this is something Grace has been working towards for a long time. Um, it's a home championship, so that makes it extra special. But, you know, she's proven herself as a time trialer. She's had some fantastic results, you know, fourth of the Olympics, This is the first medal at a world championships um, and she rode the perfect race uh, for her on that day. She did everything she could um, and she was only 12 seconds off one of the greatest, I think, female time travelers of all time. So very, very impressive ride.
2: Lauren, uh, you were there and you were in the car. I want you to talk us through what that was like. Like what was it like following her?
1: So I've only been in... I reckon two time trials I followed and it was, one was last year in the U23. I followed um, Carter Turnbull. So I think he ran a top 20 and that was an experience in itself, just going through the process. I wasn't a time trial in my time. So um, just the amount that goes into it, I think Rory Sutherland, who is managing the Australian team, put it perfectly, said time trialling is like Formula One now. Um, And being in the car and just... Seen how much preparation um, Donna Ray Zielinski, who is the women's um, DS, did with Grace, you know, they reconned the course back in April, I believe it was, together, so they spent time on the course. It wasn't closed roads, of course, so back then we thought it was going to be more stop-start on and off the pedals, but it actually, once the course was closed on the Saturday, we realised it's actually a really fast-flowing course, even though there were like 30-something corners. Um, so being in the car was just amazing and just seeing Grace. She was just flying. Like she took every, every corner perfectly. Um, Donna was in her ear at all the perfect moments, just keeping nice and calm and collective. But we knew she was on a blinder. So I really felt that if she was going to win the jersey, it was going to happen that day. And she sat on the hot seat for hours. Um, and it was Van Dyke, the last rider that came through that knocked her off of that first place so it was such a special thing and um, I was never teammates with Grace but she was sort of coming through as I left the sport and just to watch her progress and still remembering when I think Carly Taylor who's my dear friend to race with her on that Holden Australian team she said this is a rider to look out for in the future and I mean Grace, you've been teammates with her so just to see her progress into the rider she is now and Um, It was just, I had goosebumps. I think I had tears in my eyes as well when she was on the stage.
2: I think it was really special. And I I got to run into you and hang out with you and Donna for a little bit, which was really fun as Grace was just waiting on the hot seat and we could all share (laughs) watching her. And like, she was, it was nice because she was enjoying it. She was enjoying her time up there. She was still fucking nervous like she was still pooping her pants because it was the waiting game but she was so I don't know she's just being happy and friendly and people wanting to come and get selfies with her and she was signing people's hats I think that was helpful to distract her from watching all of the writers coming in um but yeah that was really cool to just like watch her just um have her moment and because it was home worlds like regardless of the outcome, being able to sit on the hot seat for nearly two hours, that was great for her, that was great for the cycling team, it was great for the media, it was great for the crowd. You could feel the crowd, you know, cheering every time a rider came across the line and they hadn't beaten her time. Like it was a really great atmosphere and I think that uh, Donna said that they, you guys didn't have any control over her start time but she was in that first wave. And um, I was wondering if that was on purpose, like if it was to do with the wind picking up in the day or, you know, lots of different reasons why you would choose a start time. But she said that they didn't have a choice because Grace had actually never done her world's, oh, she she didn't have the ranking or something. And um, she but it was perfect because it meant that she could set a really fast time and then enjoy the moment and everyone else could enjoy it too. And I think it was just great for the event itself. And and then, yeah, we got to watch her on the podium. That was great. There was a great crowd for it. And and Lauren, then you would have gone back to the hotel with her. Like what was that like? Did she get a good reception from the team?
1: Um. So actually,
2: unfortunately,
1: I missed the hotel thing, but I heard about it because uh I was with the juniors staying out um, in the bush cabins, so they came in a bit later, the night before their event. And um, so I missed it on the Sunday, but it's tradition, as you know, Gracie, when someone wins a jersey, uh, well, should not win a jersey, when you get a podium or you win the jersey, uh, there's just champagne and then everyone kind of stands up and gives you a bit of a standing ovation just because it was a great way to start the championships for Australia. It's our home championships, as we said. Um, and then actually it was really cool to to watch the juniors so I've been quite involved with them here and I got to call the race for Lucy Stewart so that was my first time calling over the radio um, which was really fun and and just hanging out with them and feeling their excitement about being at the first world championships because obviously last year Australia didn't send a team to to Flanders and um, and then we actually had one of the juniors sit in the hot seat for three hours, Hamish. And, um, again, he he got, I think it was the last rider, like Ellen Van Dyke. It was a bit of nostalgia. No, is that it? Deja vu. Um, because he got knocked off with Josh Dunbury or whatever his name is um, at the very end. So we got two silver medals so far and it's looking pretty good. And I keep kind of gazing across to the TTT.
0: yeah it looks good for for them as well well it'll be a good result we'll talk about it in a minute anyway I wanted to talk a little bit about the course because the TT course for me it looked like it was really really stop starty like it looked like it was a course that really favored a time trial specialist who has spent a lot of time on a time trial bike and uh knows how to really corner on a time trial bike but you said it was super
1: flowy mm-hmm so if you watch, um, I'll just go back to Grace. She was managing to take most corners on her skis and only coming out for a few of them, which shows, indicates that she was able to carry speed through through the corners and something that they kept saying was don't rush the corner. So if you are a really good bike handler or time trialer, um, you could see the difference. And I sat in Grace's race car and then obviously with Lucy, and Lucy as a junior hasn't had much experience and the difference was incredible between, I mean, you're comparing the absolute best in the world right now to a junior athlete, but the difference was, was amazing. Um, course knowledge and just being comfortable on your time trial bike. And, and again, going back to the fact that it is like this sort of formula one part of the sport where if you want to do it, you have to do it Right have to spend a lot of time on that bike in that position and the biggest thing for her preparation was trying to figure out the points where she could hold position um and actually there are a lot of parts in the course where she managed to do that
0: cool yeah because I was pretty surprised to see Marlon Ruse in third I mean she is obviously when I wrote the preview I, I wrote that her and Van Dyke would be the two top favorites for it um and and I'm yeah, I was shocked to see her like almost thirty seconds down from Grace, even which is a pretty big gap when it's um, such a short time trial. I mean, I guess it's not that short for the women; it's shorter for the men. But like thirty seconds is a big gap in a mm-hmm. time trial.
2: Yeah, know, it, it was a it was a longer time trial because <laughs> it was equal yeah, distance yeah. to the men. So that's really one of the longest time trials that women do in general. I don't think that we've seen many over 30k uh not at world championships level but not at any other race that we generally see but yeah it's a big gap when you when you break it down per kilometer it's like that's where you see the like those differences of like 0.5 of a second or one second Mm -hmm. which is still a lot but it's just interesting when you see it like that instead
1: yeah, exactly. And actually, when we looked at Grace's splits, she had the fastest last split. So from the top of Dumfries, which was the first split to the finish line, she was faster than Van Dyke. And that's kind of where she pulled back those seconds and why it was only 12 in the end. Um, but I think with Russo, I, I can't really comment so much on her technical capability, but she, she looks beautiful on the bike. So she looks super aero, but Maybe that's where she also lost the time um, was you can lose a lot of time. If you're doing two laps of 30 something corners, you can potentially lose half a second through every corner or more. Mm,
0: her weird looking helmet didn't help her.
2: <laughs> I was going to say that. I don't think it's the right helmet for her body position on that back. I don't think she, I think mm. she could be more aero.
0: I mean, she has to like somehow keep the curls contained, you know, <laughs> So maybe the weird sock thing helps with the curl containment. Uh, we also have to talk about the first ever U23 female world champion, Victoria uh, Guazzini, who rides for FDJ. Legend. And Amy's actually, Amy's, Amy's interviewed her before. Amy, can you give us a little insight on her, like as a person?
4: Um, as a person, I don't know her that well.
0: <laughs> Other than on the 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 that she follows me on
4: Twitter and she likes my tweets. Which means no, she obviously she's got excellent cool. taste. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I interviewed her last winter, and she just come. She was on the way back from she had a really bad crash at the first women's Roubaix. Um and she couldn't actually ride until December, early December. So from like October to December, she was off the bike, and she was at. I think it was January. I spoke to her. She was at like the first training camp with FDJ. Um. So yeah, she's come a long way.
0: Yeah, and she—I mean, I—I I thought just based on races, pr- like in throughout the year, that the top favorite would be Sharon Van Aanhuij. Just she has that technical ability, especially with all the corners, and she has a lot of experience, and she's had just an incredible season. But she ended up finishing pretty far below Victoria, like two almost two minutes down, which is massive a massive win for victoria and i'm i'm pretty bummed that they like we've talked about the u23 situation and i'm sure we'll get into it when we talk about the road race a little bit but i'm pretty bummed that they've they also lumped the u23 women into the elite women in the time trial because it seems like they could have pretty easily like started all the u23 women first for example and um had some kind of split between the the two categories but still i mean yeah the the first ever u23 jersey for the women was handed out on sunday yeah
4: i think It'd be even cooler was... if they had their own event but there we go uh, yeah
2: i think it's i think like it's better to have the under 23s in the same event in the tt than the road race for sure like i don't i don't know if having them separated makes much of a difference except for making a point of it, but I was just disappointed that Australia didn't make the most of that opportunity. I understand why they wanted to make a statement about the road race, but a massive lost opportunity in the under 23 time trial to bring out some, um, to, to fill a couple of spots there and and potentially try to go for a medal or at least top 10 results. So I, I, yeah, like I said, I understand why they didn't want to take any for the road race, but I don't know why you wouldn't in a home country like for sure other countries can't afford to bring out more riders um or some riders some some countries are making riders self-fund but um for Australia I I was a bit uh, head scratching my head around why you wouldn't start more time trialers in all categories actually not just under 23 but it's good to see at least two women starting in the elite women for for the first time in a while <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, speaking of medals, now the we're recording this as the team relay is going on, and we can now discuss that you guys got a, another handful of medals because Australia just finished third.
1: Yes, <laughs> another, another medal. Um, yeah, I guess it would have been interesting to see what the Netherlands would have done um, if they hadn't had all that bad luck. Um, and would we be sitting in the same position? I don't know. But uh, this is definitely a good result. I know personally that Australia did put a bit of effort into this event because there's been talk it will become an Olympic event in the future. So maybe something that nations will invest in a bit more.
3: We were
0: just talking before we started recording and everyone was was watching it about whether or not we like this event. I personally think it's super fun. <laughs> Like, I like that the two genders, like, get to race together because that's really just not something that happens, obviously, in cycling. And um, and I think it's cool for the nations to be able to team up this way. But what do you guys think?
1: Do you guys like it? Didn't they take it from mountain biking, this idea, a bit? Isn't there a mixed relay awesome. in mountain biking? Yeah. yeah, there is one, but I don't know who had it first. Mountain biking. Because I, I remember... At least in the Australian championships, I happen to be in the same location they were in 2014, and Peter Mullins tried to pull me into the mixed mountain uh-huh. bike thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would have been super cool. Yeah, they've been doing it for ages. I like it. I like it for the reasons that you guys have said and it's 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 less about money like of course it's always going to be somewhat about money but the protein stuff was just not as successful as it could have been because it was really only a handful of teams that were ever going to do well and so you didn't actually have all protein showing up to do it because it just cost too much money to prepare and to go so at least in this na- nation's uh, version, I think it's just a little bit more leveled out and, and a bit more unpredictable and as to who potentially could get the medals.
0: Yeah, so the medals that were handed out today, Switzerland won, which is, I feel, pretty unsurprising given the time-trialling talent that comes out of there, both on the men's side and the women's side. I mean, obviously Marlon and then there's on the men's side, they've got Stefan Kung and uh, Stefan Bissinger. And both of them are really, really good time trialists. Italy finished second with Lelisa Longo Borghini and uh, Vittoria Guazzini, kind of their star time trialists uh, holding down the women's side. They also had Elena Cicchini in there. And then, yeah, Australia with Alexander Manley, Sarah Roy, and Georgia Baker, which is a very strong team. Um, but... I feel like one of the main stories of the day is the the Dutch and that Annamie Van Vluten crash that we were all watching and trying to figure out uh, what exactly happened. It At first, it kind of looked like she touched wheels, but then on the replay, it looks like she's just sprinting. And I'm not sure if, okay, my personal opinion, and I don't know, I'm not sure if this is right, but it really looked like her front tire slipped off and that's why she crashed i don't think that she like she knows how to handle a bike and sprint in a time trial bike i don't think that she would have just like slipped what do you think you were watching it
4: Pain slip no
0: tom's tom's doesn't want to doesn't want to chip in that's all right i don't know i guess we'll find out more um in time like maybe she'll tweet out a statement or something but um just such a huge bummer for van vluten to open the world championships like this because i know that she's really targeting the um really targeting the race and so i hope that she's okay she looked she walked out of the crash but she was holding her arm and yeah we'll find out more later
1: which i mean could heavily impact what we're going to see on saturday right
0: very much so yeah we interrupt this world championship preview to talk about Shimano. This episode is also brought to you by Shimano and their new RX6 gravel shoes. Shimano's RX6 shoes are versatile gravel shoes with a comfortable fit. They're offered in unisex, wide, and women's so riders of all shapes and sizes can focus on what gravel riding has to offer and not be worried about how their feet are feeling. Featuring widely spaced lugs for stability off the bike and breathable materials, Shimano's RX-6 gravel shoes are ready for mud, dust, and any mixed terrain you might find out on any gravel ride. Thank you so much to Shimano for supporting this episode. I mean, okay, let's, yeah, let's talk about Saturday. So. The course, I'll give a really quick rundown of the course and then we can talk about the the teams for the race. We've got, um, it kind of starts with a downhill, but I mean, not really that big of a deal into pretty early in the race, like 40, 40 ish K 30, 27 K we've got Mount Kira, which is a pretty decent climb, but is still really early in the race. I feel like the the thing that is going to kind of make the race is the laps in Wollongong, which include one short steep climb up, um, or two short steep climbs, I guess I should say. Mount Owsley, Mount Pleasant, back to back. Um, and there's a pretty long stretch from the top of the second climb, Mount Pleasant, into the finish. But it's it's really, really like... The way that the laps are, they do the double climbs six times, and that's really going to just chip away your legs every single time. So I guess the first thing that we can kind of figure out, it's 164.3k total, six laps of the circuit and one lap lap of the big climb.
1: What kind of rider does this course suit? I think um, Gracie might have some good insight into the course too because you consulted with the organisation on the race a bit, right, Gracie?
2: Yeah, about 18 months ago they brought a handful of us ex-pros together um, to just be, I guess, yeah, consultants and they'd pretty much already marked out the course that they wanted to use so it wasn't like we were making the course, we were just giving comments on, you know, Things that they should consider, things that they need to change in terms of more around safety stuff, but also, you know, like what makes a good race, how, like, what periods of the race do you kind of want to include? It was pretty clear that they wanted a hilly course and they definitely wanted Mount Kira in it. So, um, that's a that's a big part of Wollongong um, and the culture there is that that beautiful climb and look out. So that was kind of they had a few things that were on their wish list or like must have list. So uh, if I was designing the course, I probably would not have put it in it, but it's certainly going to look great on TV and it's going to add a tough element to the race. But in the women's race, it's arguable as to how much of an impact it'll have in the even though it's a longer climb, but oh when I went to ride the course, I actually never got to ride it and I rode it on the weekend and I'm not exactly that fit at the moment, but I just thought, gosh, I'm so glad I'm not racing this because, yeah, A, it's hard and B, it's hard to control. It's going to be very difficult for any national team bar the Dutch and the Italians to really have any control over this race. If it just goes to pieces, there's a lot of corners. You get out of sight quickly. The climbs are really tough. Um, There's just a lot of different things going on and it's a lot of climbing in total. So you're going to have to be in great shape. You have to have, you have to feel okay after a really heavy season. So that so much has to come together for an individual and for a team to pull it off. And yeah, I really just don't think it's a clear-cut prediction. Um, of course, we can definitely predict a couple of the Dutchies and maybe an Italian or two, but it could be an opportunistic course, actually. You could have a dark horse win this. And uh to me, it's it's quite similar in some ways to the Cadell's road race. It's it's harder overall, but the way in which that final climb is really steep and you just have to be a very strong rider as well as a good climber. You've got to have that power to potentially get away or go with a small group. And that it's such a fast uh, uh, time after that all the way to the finish that a solo rider might not get brought back. It's just too fast to bring someone back. And if it's a small group, they'd have to really be playing cat and mouse for them to come back as well. So it, it they even though they do it multiple times, I think that, the very last ascent of that steep climb on the laps is going to be whoever makes it to the top of first might actually win the race because they they won't be able to be brought back in time. I don't think. I think you summed that up pretty beautifully.
0: I just got really really excited to watch. Yeah, <laughs> no, no,
2: Gracie really
1: summed that up perfectly, and I think that it's a great question how Mount Kira will be raced, and something that I'm sure many nations have been asking themselves is, if you were Anamieke and you're a healthy Anamieke, why wouldn't you go? Because you've always got, if you're the Dutch team, other cards to play and why not put other teams already on the back foot? Um, It is a really hard climb. I went up it today in the car um, because I was more interested in the run into Wollongong and just to get a bit of a feel for that. And the problem with this descent is it's not like a typical flowy European descent, It's sort of, I describe it as a roller coaster. It kind of goes up and down and really steep down sections and it plateaus off a little bit. And it's not really until you're about to enter almost the Wollongong area again where it goes back to like the three or four lanes that it widens out and you could sort of form a chase. Um, And then, of course, if you are off the front and then you know you're coming into these big wide open sections what's the wind doing how that, how's that going to impact um potential solar rider etc
0: i feel like the dutch are i mean getting into like who's actually racing the race um it seems to me that the two biggest teams to watch are the dutch and the italians with uh, the australians a close third um Mostly because it's a home world. So that gives them a little bit of like a a boost in um amp ampedness. But the Italians and the Dutch have really both had such incredible years. And like when it comes to teamwork and teams being able to kind of play off of each other, the the Italians stand out for me because when it comes to the Dutch, I mean obviously they botched the world championship or sorry the olympics last year like they really screwed that up and i think that they've in the past we've thought that they can work together because they win a lot but maybe they win a lot because they're really strong and actually they don't ride super well as a team and i'm curious like what you guys think about if we do have at her strongest which We obviously don't know yet if she is injured after the crash in the relay. If we, there is like, I don't know. It seems to me there's a rift in the Dutch team where it's kind of like Ben Vluten. And then there's like a Demi, Ellen, Rihanna Marcus kind of cluster. I don't know how Voss fits into it. It just seems like a really fractured team, but... They're really good. So they still win. Whereas, like the Italians, they have no problem all riding for one rider. And that's how they won the world championships last year. So I don't know how that factors into the course because I would say, like, it seems like Voss would be maybe a good bet for a course like this, maybe depending on how she's climbing. But
1: yeah. We haven't seen much of Voss for what, over a no. month now.
0: Yeah, she's been out for the last race she did was tour Scandinavia, which she won four of six stages.
3: mm, She's doing all right. Yeah. This is the problem with the Dutch team, isn't it? Is that you talk about teams that are going to put in the teamwork and make things hard in certain places. But essentially, a rider to sit on the front and work hard and make the race hard a rider is probably sacrificing their own chances and so I think the main question is who in that team wants to sacrifice their own chances and there's just not that many of them like you can say that Demi and Rihanna and Rihanna and Shirin Vanandra are really strong but when it comes down to it who of which of them are gonna blow the doors off working to make it harder for someone else perhaps not many of them whereas there's a lot of Italian, like there's a lot of strong Italian riders who are strong but wouldn't win it or wouldn't think they can win it, who would do that work. Whereas I think there's just less motivation to like fully sacrifice yourself in the Netherlands team.
0: Yeah, I agree. They also have like Florida MacKay is in there. Um, and when it comes to the U-23 jersey, it'll be interesting to see what they allow Sharon Van Anroyd to do. Like if she's if she's really stuck into a team role or if they let her conserve a little bit of energy to go for the U23 jersey because I think she has a pretty good shot at it based on the season that she's had already. And then, obviously, the Italians have a little bit of extra because they get more riders because they won the last world championships. They've so, they so many. They have more numbers.
1: Yeah. But, like, I saw this. I saw a provisional, and I thought I counted 10, but that can't be right.
3: They get yeah. eight, no? It says 10 on the start list, Yeah. Which seems, doesn't seem right, does it?
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. I thought the maximum yeah, you 10. could have is, well, is it? I Grace, if, is did it they change seven? it because of the U23? No. No, no they didn't. The no, you don't get an extra spot. A- the top five countries get seven. If you have a Pan Am or whatever it's called champion, that's an extra spot. If you have an Oceania champion, that's an extra spot.
2: Yeah, I think. Is
1: the European champion an extra spot?
2: No, I think that'll be the
3: changes
4: at eight. What so like a continental champion
1: gets a spot? Yeah, so we we've got an extra. They got like
4: a Mediterranean Games champion or some random thing like that. I
1: don't Uh, know. I still feel like eight's the most amount I've ever seen. But then, when you've
0: won, when you won the world the year before, you get an extra spot, don't you? That'll
4: be one, I guess. Fuck it, give them ten. Make it spicy.
2: <laughs> it I mean, be they like have a, a lot. Tipping competition. You should give the last place nation an extra spot. Yeah, <laughs> agree. Take take the spots away from the top nations and just yeah, spread no. them out more. Seems fair, doesn't it?
0: Is it because two of them are under twenty three? No, I don't think. So. No, because we've talked about that. That it's like they take spots away from the. I, I reckon they
2: country. have ten on there because Italy's nearly always the last nation to announce their lineup because they leave it to the last minute and they just say that they probably have to give a list to the UCI earlier and they just don't Mm. tell the riders until like a week before (laughs) that they're going Mm -hmm. or not.
0: But they have, obviously they have the defending champion and we, she's been riding well all season, but can Elisa Balzamo defend her rainbow jersey on this course?
4: I don't know if that first climb is a bit too much for her. Um, It's it's early on in the race. She can climb. And I mean, it's it's a punchy, hard race, which is how the race that she won last year was like that. And she has got the most stacked team. I'm going to put it out there. I don't even think the Dutch team is the most stacked. I think the Italian one is.
1: It will be a question of how hard that Mount Cura climb is raced. And if all the climbers, you're going to think you've got people like Cassie and Ce- Ce- Cecile, or Ceci, however, um, mm-hmm. Leanna Lippert, who would probably be happy, Mavi Garcia, to be in a more select group because that's going to possibly improve their chances. But then again, it's yeah, it's a long way out. Yeah. Um, over a hundred well, kilometers from what
0: gracie just said it sounds like if it blows to pieces on that climb then chasing it back together on the circuits is going
1: to be really difficult the only time you could chase is between when you're right right at the bottom of the climb i haven't actually measured the distance yet i need to do that um and when you hit the circuits because then once you're on the circuits to organize the chase will be almost impossible um so there's quite a,
2: a good there is a good chunk of time though between the descent of the long, the bottom of yeah. the descent of the long climb until the circuits so if you say you were an a and you were solo and you'd attacked on the long climb and you're away you wouldn't really want to be solo actually because it's a long drag stretch and it could be a headwind and so it's kind of a waste in some ways but you know I think, Abby, you highlighted a good point. There's some riders that don't have strong teams, so they need to be putting themselves into situations like that because that's their better option. They they don't have a team to chase back anything. So, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they play it because potentially the Italians have the better stacked team, but they don't have the better climbers. So you don't want to put half the team in the red going with Annemiek or whoever goes on the Kira climb but that you've got a strong enough team to pull it back in time for your other better riders to go when it's steeper, shorter climbs in the circuits. So I guess, yeah, it's about managing your abilities and your energy because not everyone can go without a meek, nor should they, but it's not to say that if you let her go that the race is over.
0: I bet the Italians are actually going to just like tell Balsamo that she can hold on on the long climb as long as she possibly can, just conserve energy and not really do much work, and then see how she is when they get off of that climb and into the circuits, and make like an on-the-ground uh, decision uh, if they're going to work, work for, for her. If she's not there, that kind of answers that question anyway. And then I I would bet that they would get behind Aliza Longoborgini for this. And not just because I'm biased, and I would love to see her win, but also because like we've seen her sprint develop just so much this year. I mean, if it comes down to a reduced group with a bunch of climbers, Elisa Longoborghini is looking pretty good to win that sprint. if She actually times it properly and she's, she's great on these short punchy climbs. Like I don't know why the Italian team actually wouldn't get behind Elisa Borghini. The only other rider on their list that I feel like would be a really good bet would be Sylvia Persico, but I feel like when it comes down to the worlds, there is a hierarchy of like how long you've been riding and how much time you've put into the national team. And I feel like if if that's the question, like Longo-Borghini has kind of a seniority a little bit.
1: I think her best way of winning it, and Gracie's already identified this, is someone punching over the top and going and getting that gap. And we've seen her do this before. Um, I could definitely see this being one in a solo move where there's that moment of hesitation and there's a few points on the course. I think that not just the climb, but other areas where particularly in that last lap, if a rider goes and everyone's already on the limits, there will be hesitation if it's a reduced group. And if that person is both technical and can time trial well, like Elisa, I'm surprised she didn't do the time trial. I think she would have featured really well. Um, They're gone. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I just agree.
0: Just like a like a pause in the talking about the road race because I'm watching the well the team relay. I'm not watching it, but it's on the TV behind me, and I feel like they could have figured out a better system for handing out the jerseys and the <laughs> and the watches because it's taking forever. <laughs>
4: <laughs> controversy: uh, Sam never got a watch at Marathon Worlds. What? Ooh. Oh,
0: I feel like we should get one. Them. That's
4: stingy, eh?
0: Unbelievable. Um. Let's talk about a couple of the other teams because I would like to hear what you guys think about the Australian team. Obviously, it's like home worlds for them, so it's a really big deal, um, and they would have put a lot of thought into who is on the team and what the riders' roles are in the race.
2: Mm-hmm. This is all you, Rowny. Yeah, Lauren, um, <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go into
1: too much depth, but I think we've identified already some really key points about the race. But in terms of who we picked, I think it was kind of a no-brainer. Um, some people might be asking who's Josie Talbot. Well, she's the Oceana champion. And as we said before, um, we get an extra spot for that place. And I think the one year when Gracie won that championship she she claimed that spot for Worlds and she was given that spot because she deserved it and proved she should be there. And she contributed um, to the end result, which was actually Rachel Nailing getting a silver medal. So um, Josie got that spot and she actually won that medal on a really hilly course against some pretty good Australian competitors that have actually signed on to Pro Teams for next year. So that's why she's on there, and then everyone else is kind of a no-brainer. Alex Manley has had um, a standout year, Uh, been super consistent since I would say the spring um, with some really great results there. A win at the Tour of Scandinavia, um, a podium at the Tour of Britain, and just some overall strong results. We've got Georgia Baker, who is a Commonwealth Games champion and got eighth in the time trial the other day. So she's in great form and she was just in the mixed relay. Of course, Grace Brown. Um, silver medalist in the time trial and we've seen what she can do. She can win solo. She can win from small group. Um, And then we've got Sarah Roy who's been around quite a while now and is just a super strong rider, also very good in a small group finish but also has that potential um, to go late in a race. But, of course, we're going to be building the team around a rider that you can probably already guess. Um, and that's sort of how we we've picked the team. So I'm really confident in who who's in the team, and I think we've just got a fantastic group of riders and not just their strengths physically, but they're really a team. And we've done a lot of work on team culture this year. And I think you can see that in how they're managing themselves as people and athletes, and just the success we had at the Commonwealth Games. And it's a really nice environment. And I think regardless of what happens on Saturday, they'll Race the best race and put on a good show.
4: Also, Brody.
1: And Brody, of course. And Amanda <laughs> Spratt.
0: Stacked team, to be fair. No, it's a really, really strong team. Yeah, it's a yeah. stacked team.
1: Well, Brody, I mean, she's proven like multiple times this year what she can do on the bike. And that's why she's also been picked up by Trek, because I think she'll be given a few more opportunities herself next year. And we see her going really deep into the race. Um, and she's a rider that you know, if something does go on Mount Kira, her and Sprati are very capable of going really long and then still being there at the end.
0: Uh, In terms of the other kind of teams that have a lot of numbers, there's obviously the Belgian team has a huge uh, list of riders. It'll be interesting to see how Kopecky goes on the climbs. I feel like Kopecky of 2022 would go all right on these climbs, but we also haven't really seen her race at all lately. I mean, she raced the TT and got second and or second, ninth, <laughs> ninth. She was second behind Bosmo um, on the final stage of the Madrid challenge, but she's not won a race in quite a long time. Um, so curious to see how she goes. The Americans have a pretty interesting team with a lot of changes, um, that they had to make in the last minute and not really sure like how how they're going to work together i feel like they have a history of not really having great teamwork um but they do have some really strong riders like Bron hewers is having an incredible year kristen faulkner is having a really really good year although she um is i think experiencing a lot of fatigue at this moment she's she's been racing like a ton and had COVID um, after the Giro, so I think that she's she's pretty tired at this point. Leah Thomas had an incredible time trial um, coming after her surgery, and she's after racing the Giro Tour or double. She got to go home for a really long chunk of time and recover. So I think that she's um, she's coming off of a huge chunk of time at home where she's been able to get her neck under her a little bit better. So I I really hope that she has a good performance or a good race. Um and then there's like a lot of riders on smaller teams that like Kasha uh Lauren mentioned she's she's got a good team behind her like numbers wise, but they they're not always there when the race gets really hard. So I don't know how that's going to go. Um, The Swiss obviously have a really strong team. Ashley Mompasio has three teammates and I think would be pretty keen to have a good performance. The Spanish with Mavi Garcia, who had an incredible ride at GP Plue. So there's like, I feel like there's a lot of riders that could do really well. And there's some really strong teams.
1: It looks like, um, by the way, Anna Meek is on the way to hospital or x-rays and her front tire exploded. So, Abby, you're almost right. That's really shit-like,
2: isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Not not an error of her, herself, her own. it would surprise you. You'd be down on the ground before you knew it. Jesus. Yeah.
0: So, I by the time everybody hears this podcast, there will probably be a statement or a definitive answer about Anamique or something. Um, really hope that she's okay, though, because... We never want someone to be out of the world championships or something like that. Massive bummer. Although to be fair, she's had a pretty good season.
4: At least it would be the same yeah. without her mm. if she isn't racing.
0: Is there anybody else that we, that we miss in kind of the start list that is really exciting? I do want to kind of get into a little bit of the U23 riders and just which teams have brought U23 riders.
3: The one person I just noticed is Alena Sierra who obviously doesn't have any teammates but um this is possibly a course that suits her and she's had quite a quiet year um kind of targeting things she wants to target she went back to do Pan American Champs I think um and yeah if she if she can kind of stay around because I think it was that climby stage of uh, the Vuelta with that big long climb where they didn't manage to drop the sprinters. She was one of those risky sprinters who were still there when um, Grace Brown got away. It's just hard with Worlds sometimes where, yeah, you have these really talented riders from smaller nations who don't have teammates and are on the back foot in that sense. But also it means that they're not really looked at and if she can kind of sneak into a group, that could be a good result for her. Mm
0: -hmm. And I mean, Gracie compared the race a little bit to Cadell's with that final climb, and she's won Cadell's in the past, and uh, she was fifth on that stage of the Madrid challenge that Grace won. So good shot. We also didn't really talk about Sile, but I think that her recent form is kind of a good maybe indication of how she might
2: go. If she was riding anything like she was at the Tour, it's actually a good course for her too. Yeah.
4: Punchy. Yeah, yeah. Hard.
0: Oh man, I'm so excited for this race. I I honestly don't know who's gonna win. I'm gonna make everybody pick picks at the end of this, but I like I have no idea.
2: <laughs> should we also make a
0: I just swore. Should we make
2: a bed I f found um, and Hoffa will do an early attack?
0: 100 oh,
2: <laughs> no,
4: percent chance. that's too easy. One hundred percent chance.
0: <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about U twenty three because there's a couple teams that have like centered their bid for a world champion jersey on the U twenty three team. I'm looking at New Zealand, who have three U twenty three riders and one elite rider.
4: I think to interject on that one, I don't think that's a choice. I think that's
0: they're just a young team.
4: No, they just no. They made riders pay for their own
0: travel. So true. It's a bit selecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also the British team, like they've got six riders and four of them are U23.
4: Yeah. That's random.
1: Well, I mean, they don't have a standout rider. Well, not someone that you would go, yes, that is, um, not someone we've actually identified today. So
0: no, but they, yeah, I wonder if it was like a choice of focusing on U23 or they just, don't really have an elite rider to center around. Like, obviously, Lizzie would probably be a really good bet for this course, but she's potentially had a baby, like, today or yesterday or tomorrow. Oh, did she? I don't know, but she's. She, I think she was she's due, ready like, to pop, two weeks no? ago. Yeah. <laughs> so she's been quiet on Instagram for the last couple of days.
4: Um, There's the other Lizzie, so... Don't worry. This dog, yeah, this dog. I
0: That's saw her
4: out You know what? Watch out for her because she is. This is also a good, ride, a good cause for him. Maybe, yeah, she's that kind of rider. She can get up climbs. I don't think she'll be winning it, but fuck yeah! Shout out to Liz. I think what it is, though, is that yeah, like they were like, we don't have like one standout elite rider that can definitely be an end of the chance. So let's just give all these under twenty three. People a crack.
0: I I mean, they, they have the numbers and like, maybe they don't have a favorite for the U23 Jersey, but they have the numbers over like Sheeran's completely on her own. And surely elite riders can ride for her, which is where we kind of get into this really interesting debate about this, whether or not this is an okay idea, but like Sheeran's on her own for that Jersey. If, they all go for the elite jersey, or like, I don't know, it, say the elite jersey falls through and as a backup they ride for Sheeran or something like that. And like Victoria only has one teammate who's also U23. Like, if the race is going to, if some teams are going to choose to race purely for the U23 jersey and maybe they get on the podium of the elite race or something like that, like who knows what's going to happen there. But the UK brought like, they they just they have the numbers. They're the only team that really has the, the national numbers champion.
4: Than- Alice Towers is an under twenty three rider, and she's not to be underestimated. I I think. Um, also, on the subject of under twenty three, um, I'm going to talk a name out there: Ricardo Baumfink. Baumfink mm. of Germany. Mm. She's on the mm. Canyon Generation team, and she's been going so well. Um, she just
0: won Obesh,
3: yeah? No? That, that was yes. another German Canyons okay. rider, I think Edema, Yeah But
4: she's won loads of stuff I mean she's German national champion She was third overall in that Pyrenean race that popped up She's yeah she's just she's really strong so I reckon she's a good shot for the for the under 23 race
3: It's also worth saying that she, so she's the German under 23 time trial champion, but she actually had the fastest time that day and beat Lisa Klein, but they still gave her the title, which is odd. In some sports, if you go fastest, you're the elite champion, but because they were separate races, even over the same distance, um, she didn't get the title, but she's like a crazy strong rider, Mm -hmm. but it's it's again this question of... It's the question of like where you fit in though, right? Because if they're going for someone like Lippert, and they want everyone to work for her, where does Bowen find, have her chance?
1: Well, when we were discussing the Worlds months and months and months ago, if there were going to be under 23 riders that made the team, we made the decision straight away. We were going for the elite title and not for under 23. And if it so happened, we had really strong under 23 riders there at the end, This is what kind of happens at the Australian Championships. Um, Then they win that medal almost by default by just being really strong and a part of the race and in the race. And whether that's contributing to the overall team goal or, you know, managing to just hold the wheels. But I don't think any of the big teams will be targeting it. It was nice to see Italy put in an athlete they really believed could probably win that title. Um, but for the road race, the elite title is just too important right now. When it's a standalone event, it will be something different. But um, yeah, that's just my opinion.
0: We didn't even talk about the French and how they're missing like probably one of their strongest riders in uh, Audrey Cordonnargot, who had a stroke last
2: week. Yeah, now f- definitely thoughts go out to Audrey. That w- y- surprising to hear that someone that. Young's getting uh, that kind of health issue. I really hope that she's okay and re- can recover. And um yeah, huge blow to that team though for these championships. Not to mention they all let's fly economy while the men flew first class. <laughs> yeah. Because
1: they have a they have a world champion potential rider, that's why. Isn't that what
2: the statement right. said?
4: Defending yeah, that's anyway. Right. So
2: end of the statement it was like yeah but it would be the, a different story if it was for mountain biking we would put the women in business and the men in economy and you're like that's not making well, that's all right then yeah it's uh, not making it better that's not the point
4: what? <laughs> uh, all right <laughs> so <laughs> what, there's <laughs> heaps of good men in mountain biking for front anyway
0: no, I'm <laughs> cutting us off. I'm wrapping up this episode with everybody pick, taking a pick. I think we've we've dug into the star list. There will be an extensive preview on cyclingtips.com if you want to take a look at what the course looks like and everything. Um, okay, picks. Tilda, we're starting with you. What's your pick?
3: Sylvia Pascoe. Ooh, Good one. Mm. Good pick. Sorry, Good pick. Elisa
4: Longer no, because I was going to say that. So now I need to change it. Come back to me after. Okay,
1: Lauren, <laughs> Australian. Just an Australian but Just it doesn't Australian. matter. Which one. GB. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Gracie.
2: Yeah, I want to go Grace Brown as well. It's hard to go past her. She's in awesome form. She's an Aussie, but um, yeah, it's going to be a super tough race, regardless. Abby.
0: Amy, no. I I like was like oh this is gonna be fun to put everybody on the spot and make them pick and I didn't even think about my pick <laughs> but I I think I will go Elise Lamborghini I don't feel super good about it actually you no know what no boss no no I'm going boss damn it me <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna say it like to get in there <laughs> boss bitches okay fine I no because I don't you know I would love to see all whenever I make a pick, it's like purely biased. Like I, it's somebody that I like and I want to see win. I never actually pick based on who, who I think could win. Cause I want to say Casha, but I think that she's had a super long season and I don't know how well she's going at the moment. Um, even though that would be really cool. And I feel like since the course is a little bit unpredictable, she's maybe a better pick than like, if it was a more predictable course, but
4: well with Cassia too, because like you can talk about teamwork to the CASCOM home, but she still got podium last year without really mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I and she's always a bit of a lone ranger out there, isn't she? So she's and she's
0: mm-hmm. always a she's always a pick that is going to at least factor in the race in some way, you know? So you know, yeah, I'm sticking with it. Cassia. That's my pick. Yeah. I feel good about this. <laughs> <laughs> all right we will be back after the race to talk about how it went down thank you so much for listening and thank you guys for making the time